Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Tillage Edge podcast with me, Shea Phelan. The winter barley harvest has now started on many farms and it is often used to get the combine set up and find any issues before the main harvest begins. So this week I'm joined by Dermot Forrestal and Brenda Burke, both from Oak Park, to talk about machine setup and to ensure crops are harvested as efficiently as possible. So Dermot, if I might start with you, are modern combines all set up now on the press of a button? The setting is made easier on, on, on pretty modern machines in that you can actually go in there and select a crop type and you press a single button or select a single crop type and it then puts in default settings for all the trashing components, all the cleaning components and so on. So the default settings go in and that's a starting point. So it's a little bit like, you know, the, the book you got with the combine of old. If you took the default settings for the individual crops there, you'd have the same settings. So it's quite easy to do that. But you still have to, it's still up to the operator to try and optimize that. Now, again, look, some of the even more modern machines have the ability to try and do some of that themselves. But like you're really setting a combine for three things. You're setting it to get a good output. You're setting it to minimize losses and you're setting it not to damage the seed or to make sure you have good seed quality. So you still really need to check that those settings are optimized. And to do that, you are going to have to look at you know, your output, obviously, but you're going to have to look at the quality of grain in the tank that you're not getting skinned or cracked grain. And you're particularly going to have to look at uh, what the combine is leaving in the field after it. And then, you know, you can fine tune those settings, those default settings. You can make it very easy, actually. There's plenty of room for your own default settings in there so that you can reset that and say, well, this is barley. You could even have a setting for a particular variety and store it for next year if you thought that your planet needed something a little bit different or more gentle than something else. So the setting the setting features of modern combines are a help, but they do not remove uh, the onus that's still on the operator to try and optimize those settings. Yeah, and quite often, I mean, you'd often see people looking in the swart behind the, of the straw behind the combine to see if there grains left in that. That's not necessarily a good accurate indication anymore, especially if you've chaff spreaders on combines and things like that. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, look, Brendan and I were chatting about this even yesterday. Like, it's not simple. It's made a little bit more awkward. Before, what you had to do, what you did was most of the grain loss that's, let's say, leave the header loss to one side, which we shouldn't do because it's very important, but we'll come back to it. But most of what came out of the back of the combine, whether it's true over the straw walkers, if it was a walker machine or off the sieves, was found either in the straw or beneath the straw swart. But you're right, Shay, if you And then, but of course, then what you have to do is make sure that when you're looking at that, that you, you, you allow for the header width that you have. Because lots of people suddenly, you know, not that long ago, if they went from a three meter header in the, in the old days up to a six meter header now, you're then going to see double the density of grain loss for the same percentage grain loss in the swart. So that's the first thing you need to look at. But then you do need, you need to set up your machine carefully uh, or sorry, not set up your machine, but when you're doing the last measurement, you need to consider, well, are you going to turn off the chaff spreader? Uh, well, are you going to stop spread, chopping and spreading straw if you're chopping and spreading straw just to make it easier for you, for you to find that grain? So, yeah, it's made a little bit more difficult by things like chaff spreaders and so on. So in, re- in reality, then, what, what, what should guys be doing in terms of setting up the combine, in terms of physically adjusting the combine settings as such? What are you looking for? What, the, what I think you're looking for, as I said earlier, is you're looking to, to get the best balance between output 
uh, avoid damaging grain and not having too much grain loss, okay? It's unrealistic to work with zero grain loss probably in most situations. So you're probably talking about getting your grain losses down to maybe somewhere near the 1%, 1.5%, something like that. That's what you're really looking for. So what you are then doing, and it depends very much on the particular make, and I'd say never be afraid of consulting the instruction manual, right? And that's aided by a lot of video stuff now, even YouTube videos, but remember, the things that you go after to change on a machine, they're often machine specific, depending on the layout of, you know, the different trashing elements. Like, you know, before, if you had a conventional combine, you had a drum, you had a beater beating the stuff off the drum and you had straw walkers behind that. Today, you may have, you know, multiple drums effectively. You could have an APS drum in front of a drum, a rotary separator behind the drum, if not two of them. And then it goes on to the separation element, which may be rotary or may not, and may still be shakers. So the actual adjustments that you make have to be machine specific. But in terms of what you do, you're still out there. You're going to look for grain loss at the header which you will measure to one side of the body of the machine, if you like, before the, the grain comes out the back. And you're going to look for grain loss out the back of the combine, which is probably most easily done with straw chopper turned off, certainly, but with shaft spreader turned off as well. And you're going to look both in the swart and beneath the swart for grain loss in those areas and calculate based on the header width and your sample area as to what the loss per unit area is. And as I say, you're probably targeting down around 1%, something like that. And in terms of quality, then, Dermot, as well, I mean, what are you looking for in terms of quality? Are you looking for the tra- how well it's trashed or are you looking for split grains or what are you looking yeah. for? Yeah, it's both. Like, And again, it's a compromise. And again, it's very much down to where your crop is growing and the particular growing conditions of the year. Because the one I mentioned there, I suppose, is when, when you have a malting barley. Um, do you know that the malting barley, what's the term they use? Jeez, gone out of my head there. But do you know when... Skinning, skinning, skinning man Brendan says yeah. I'm a bit slow this morning. <laughs> the skinning issues, which to be honest, lads, are, are very much to do with the particular growing year, whether they're often prone to skinning or not. But the combine setting uh, can impact on that. So you need to trash more gently often in those sorts of situations. So on barley, you can go right from the position of being very difficult to get the awns off, right? And to get awns off some barley crops, you're putting on the honor plates and things like that which reduce the capacity of the machine actually they slow it they, they reduce your trashing capacity but sometimes you have to do that to get to, with particular models to get the yawns off but then on the other extreme when skinning is an issue um when skinning is an issue you have to harvest more gently so you're down reducing the opening the concave reducing the drum the, the drum speed and also making sure that all the other elements and brendan mentioned this yesterday maybe you come in brendan things like elevators and grain augers that are handling the clean grain they should all be in good nick as well because if you have you know grain that's prone to damage even the wrong clearances between chains and so on elevators slapping around uh, they can damage the grain as well Brendan, yeah, yeah there's a lot of it would be uh, even on a relatively new combine those are all wearing components it doesn't mean you've got necessarily to chuck them out up and in new ones but they could be at the end of their tensioning because you'll, you'll tension those every once once a season generally and bring them up but it may mean taking out a half a link of a chain rather than chucking out the whole chain but you don't want to be at this mid harvest somewhere you know there's a thing you probably look at before you start so you have a much tension left on my elevator chains the front elevator and on the grain elevators to the tank as well that those might need taking taking a chain link out if the combine has gone through it's current to the output as well or current to the acres or hectares you've covered but if it's gone to three or four seasons without having to do any adjustments you know that might be one way you'd look at that is not a nice job to have to do mid harvest 
tank full of grain or, or combine full of material. So that sort of thing where you can check your, your uh, elevators and that see is there enough adjustments on it that you can take a little bit more into them then as, as the season goes on. So if they're slapping around too much, um, that's where it's going to get extra damage on the grain going up going up through those uh, grain elevators a little bit. And it's, it's not uh, not that difficult to do it when you're not busy, but if you're in the middle thick of it, it is, it is a job. And it's something that a lot of people probably wouldn't think of, Dermot, the problem, or Brendan, they think of the concave and the fan speed and, and, and you know, they think of that type of settings, but they don't often think of, of the elevators and what, what effect they can have. Just while I have you, uh, Brendan, then as well, you were saying actually to us, you've harvested here, you started harvesting here in Oak Park at the moment, but you're actually saying that uh, the, it's, the barley at the moment is easier trash than it would have been this time last year. So what changes did you make? And, and very little, uh, the weather, I think. <laughs> but, um, and it is normally one that you, you don't like going out and winter barley too early because you can spend the first day doing all sorts of adjustments, trying to take off awns and trying to get a good, clean sample. But we have very good weather in the last week and we started yesterday, or not yesterday, Monday. And um, it was quite easy uh, to trash it and very little awns on it, which is what the way you want it, you know. And uh, so it, it's really got to do how ripe the crop is and how fit for harvest, which is, you know, you're probably reasonably on a couple of days before normal starting time, but uh, that's that's the way it is. It's just we didn't really have to do anything extra to get a good clean sample that it's, uh, it's um, just weathered in and probably the better. Hopefully the yield hasn't, hasn't suffered with it but uh, it looks okay that way you know and in terms of the combine here we have all the diagnostics and all that type of thing is there much of a setup on that from year to year or from crop to crop or from day to day or well how do you set that yeah no it, it is it, it has as Dermot said earlier there it has a whole menu of of crops and but i said the our factory settings now they will say well this is for irish conditions if that combine comes it comes in directly to ireland and sold directly in ireland but they're a guidance really and now in fairness you don't have to move a lot but if you're going into delicate crops maybe like oilseed rape or maybe like your winter barley or that are, are, are lighter crops that you might have a little bit more adjustment to do that you don't want the full fan on or you don't want something the way they would normally recommend it so there will be tweaking and enough in that but i wouldn't necessarily go at moving them just for the sake of moving them either you know it's again as Dermot said earlier it's get out get, get, spend a little longer on the first couple of runs in the field and see how how happy you are with it but uh, you, you can adjust them quite easy and you can store them in then as your 2022 settings and you'll know where you were but a lot of the crops we wouldn't have to do a lot of changing on it but it might be particularly easy like this time last year we would have had to adjust to our winter barley settings because there were it was getting difficult to trash it and this year it seems to be fine so on the standard setting so it's it's but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's going to happen throughout the country because it could be totally different in other, other north or south, you know. And as a general principle, uh, Brendan, are you, when you're setting up those, are you looking for to optimise output of the combine or are you looking to minimise damage or losses or what are you trying to do? Well, it, it's probably um, a, bit, a bit of both, but you're looking at uh, there is grain loss monitors on, on most modern combines now, and you can drive to those if you wanted to, but uh, you, you, generally at the start of the season, you're not under huge pressure, but as the season goes on, that's where the, the tricky stuff comes in, where the crop might get a little bit damper, and you're going to have 
uh, losses relative to the to the output, but you would be looking at uh, you can drive to the, to the output and through with the grain loss monitor in mind. But it's not a great system. You want to really have a good sample as well because you could keep driving as fast as you want with a lot of combines that will take it in. But if it's chucking it out the back, it's that's the problem, you know. And that is where traditionally older combines getting it in the front of the combine would have been a problem. That the the orgers or intake elevator would slow down and stall your combine maybe. But most modern combines have lots of power there and headers are designed probably a lot better now than they were 20, 30 years ago. So it's not a problem getting it into the combine, it's holding it in there and getting it to the tank rather than out the back. You want to come in there, Dermot, Jeff? Yeah, just, just, just to reiterate what Brendan is saying, or to go further in terms of the grain loss monitors, that again, there's something that you really probably need uh, when you're doing loss checking to see what the values you're getting are on the loss monitors. In other words, a lot of them, again, need to be really calibrated. You need to know when they say what they're what they say they're, they're generally used to show you an indication of change, you know, that this thing is rising or lowering. But you should know what that means, whether that's 1% or 2%. Now, a lot of the newer ones are you know related to forward speed and throughput but some of the older grain loss monitors weren't so if you were going faster and harvesting faster you thought you were increasing your losses yes there was more pings or more hits of grain coming out the combine but if you're actually harvesting you know five acres an hour rather than four acres an hour then you can accept a little bit more of those pings because it's the same rate per acre so again a bit of calibration on those at some stage is no harm to, so that they, they're, they're giving you meaningful information yeah, and just to move it on a bit, I suppose one of the things that we're kind of noticing that's increasing every year is the size of machinery that, that guys are working on now. Um, and quite often, you know, weather conditions are very good at the moment, so compaction generally is an issue, but it can be an issue very, very quickly um, as, the, as, the, as we get on into the season and maybe we get a bit of rain. What are the key tips, Dermot, that you would suggest to farmers that, that they look at in trying to reduce down the damage that they're doing when they're going over the fields with their machines? Yeah, look, you're dead right, Shay. The machines are heavy. Like, I mean, looking at the bigger combines today, you know, they're, they're weighing 18 tonnes plus a header nearly three tonnes and a full grain tank of another 10 tonnes. They can be maybe 30 tonnes total weight. That's the combine on its own. So they're big machines, big heavy machines. Now, a lot of them are more modest than that down near 20 tonnes. But they are big machines. And the trailers that are bringing away the loads, again, there's big, big, big loads, big axle loads there. And look, there's a legal limit that's observed in some places, but I know just lately and Brendan probably confirmed this there's an awful lot of silage trailers out there uh, the grain doors on the back and the front door on the front is, is 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 low as well but in the middle the silage sides are left on because they're able to leave them on and they're putting more pressure um, on, on the axle load so what you're talking about trying to do is, is trying to limit the impact of, the, of those weights. And you do that by traffic management to some extent, where you're driving, can you limit the really heavy loads or whatever? You can't do that with the combine. It has to travel everywhere. Or, or the other approach and our combination would be to use larger tires to try and spread that load, whether that's on the combine or whether it's on all your trailers or whether it's on a single trailer like a chaser bin to try and, and limit that. So in practical terms, the traffic limitation, what you're talking about doing there is maybe, you know, filling, not filling alongside, or maybe filling alongside just for a half load in the trailer, and then to finish off the trailer loads when it's on the headland and when it's pointed to the gate, so that the only traffic it's, that you're going to get with the fully loaded trailer is possibly along the headland tramline path. And, and actually, I think there's benefit in keeping it exactly where the tram line is uh, and getting out the field. And all other traffic is with the trailer empty or maybe parked full if you're loading up and down. But that will but that will reduce the combine output a little bit. Brendan, you were commenting on that there yesterday in terms yeah, of... Yeah, that, 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 that's... Um... 
you everybody likes to fill the tank as near to full as possible but it's a kind of foolhardy sometimes i would think that uh r- rather just do an up and a down in the field or, or a one end and unload even if you're only three quarter full that you might be more you still have to unload and stop and unload but you might be more efficient as regards doing less damage to your field that uh, just go with the end-to-end filling or if you can get around the field, if it's a smaller field, obviously you get up and down. But rather than the, the driver aimlessly stuck in the middle of the field and he's not sure where you're going to be the next time, but if he knows that you're going to be at the end of the field, if it's the other end or the opposite end, ideally, obviously, if it's the second trailer, but um, this kind of tractor trailer driver all over the shop, not sure where uh, where you're going to be. Obviously, if you have some way of communicating, it's a lot better, but you would find a lot of that guys just driving aimlessly, <laughs> amusing themselves up and down the field, which is doing untold damage. You know, granted, the trailer might be empty, it says sometimes there are only one fill or two fills in it, but it's very easily, particularly on the wrong tires, to cut nice little tracks. You won't notice it today, but you will notice it later as the season might get a bit uh, damper, that, you know. And I suppose while I have you, Brendan, the same goes to when, when they're gathering straw because straw is often quite the time when a lot of what damage is done in fields yeah. with loaders and all sorts of things coming in on the ground. Yeah, and the bale trailer might necessarily be the one with the super wide uh, singles on it. It could be a twin old twin wheel trailers or it could be any any makeup for trailers. So that's a, that's an issue there. If you've got the, you could have a double axle uh, trailer, but it could be narrow wheels just purely for road work. So that's uh, going to be a problem if you're driving around with those. Um, trailers uh, on, on anywhere in the field. That we should probably mention too that if people are trying to have uh, less tillage tra- or, or reduced tillage systems, you know, such as minimum tillage where they're tilling more shallow or even direct drill, while the ground will appear appear to support the traffic better because it hasn't been tilled the previous year, uh, you know, it's 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 stronger if you like in that context. The damage that you're doing is much more important because you're not going to be going in there tilling to a depth again. So this compaction avoidance, you know, whether it's traffic management or a combination of traffic management and tire choice is much more important on farms that are genuinely try to, trying to work reduced tillage systems, be that direct drill or shallow cultivation. So there probably needs to be a conversation had with all workers who are driving tractors or trailers or whatever they're moving around. There needs to be communication with everybody on the harvest crew, if you like. To make sure there's as little damage done as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose um, as we maybe we'll talk about later, but a bit on safety. But it would be a good point incorporating that in with the whole safety thing around um, tractor trailers, who is in the field, who's not in the field, and where bystanders are. But it could be in the general chat. It's a of, just uh, just while you're on it, uh, Brendan, we might as well do it in terms of health and safety. What are your tips to people who have may have kind of maybe even seasonal staff or maybe family members and maybe even children, God forbid, um, hanging around at harvest time. What's your kind of key tips or Well, I think you really don't want anybody wandering in the field. They're either in a vehicle or, or not in the field. You know, it's, it, it, granted, if somebody comes in with the refreshments, grand, but leave, leave them in the Jeep or the van or car or whatever until you see them. And you'd really want to be making that clear because, you know, the very little visibility out of the back of a combine or the side of a combine, you might have the mirrors, but uh, there's very little visibility. And so reversing combines and likewise tractors, trailers, there's generally a bit of a, I wouldn't say a panic, but a bit of excitement to all movements around grain harvest and trailers coming and going very fast. So I'd say either if, if there's a passenger seat on a combine, have the person in there for the chat if they wanted, but not really wandering around the field aimlessly. Uh, because I've seen it with children that uh, hiding in straw, you know, it sounds ridiculous, but it can it can be a, a very fatal um, 
thing to happen. Yeah, and I think, look, at it's a, it's a very valid point. I mean, uh, great to have a good harvest, but it's even more important to have a, a safe harvest. On that point, guys, I think we'll leave it there for, for this week. Thanks, Dermot, and thanks, Brendan, for, for, your, for your contributions this week. Thanks. Thanks. That's it from this week's edition of the Tilly Jedge podcast, and my thanks to both Brendan and to Dermot for their tips. As always, if you like this podcast, please rate, review and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss a show. I'm Shea Phelan. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tilly Jedge podcast. Michael Hennessy will be back next week with more Tilly's news and advice.